Um, before I give an introduction to a meal, let me invite you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. And if you wouldn't mind standing with me if you're capable. Um, and Emil is going to be preaching from Luke 15, 1 through 7, and I'd like to read that text to you. Luke chapter 15, 1 through 7. God's word reads this way. Now all the tax collectors and the sinners were coming near to him to listen. Both Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, saying, What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open pasture and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lay it upon his shoulders, rejoicing. And he went and comes home, and he calls together his friends and his neighbors, and saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I tell you that in the same way there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. You may be seated. In the ministry, um, God blesses us. There's a tremendous amount of difficulty in the ministry, and and you can know some of those things. But one of the very sweet things God gives us is he gives us men that we we really fall in love with. I don't know how else to say it, Nilo. Um, We met in seminary class. Probably Brian was teaching us. Uh, I think we met before that, but actually sat in seminary together. Brian was teaching us Greek and Hebrew and and, uh, and that's the other... Uh, theological issues and learn, learning through that. And Nilo and I, just somewhere along the line, we just clicked. And uh, um, he's just been such a dear friend. And it just, it doesn't take us more than five seconds to kind of pick up and say, hey, brother. And we're just like, we've not been apart. But what is amazing um, is over these last 15, 20 years of knowing Nilo, I've actually got to know his family very, very well. I've stayed in their house, ate countless meals with them. Um, and their oldest son, Anil has four children, uh, their oldest son is Emil. And uh, Emil, Emil, he's in his 40s, we'll, we'll say it that. Um, but he has been such a joy to watch. Anytime uh, you go to Solagasia Ministries, you will see Emil in the front and center of things. Serving, leading, singing, preaching, training men, overseeing elders. and He's just engaged in the ministry in so many ways. And what a blessing. And so as Nilo's ministry continues to, to go on, he has put many men over ministries now. And Emil oversees much of what happens at Sola Gracia Ministries in Mindanao, Philippines. He oversees the seminary, so he has men there that he directs as they train uh, these men that come there for these couple of years to train. He also oversees the mobile Bible school. Um, and if you don't know what that is, they start it. They, there's a lot of uh, men throughout the Philippines can't travel. They can't leave their areas. And so they decided to take Bible school to them. So we bought a van. Nilo trained some guys, and off they went. We're going to hear more, more updates on that on Sunday. And this mobile Bible school has trained now 700 men. 700 men over the last 15 years or so of Nilo's ministry. And so Emil also oversees the training and those men that do that. He also oversees the church planners. Now they have numerous churches that are planted, many other churches that are joining Salagrasa because they're learning doctrine, they're understanding how to preach God's word, and Emil oversees those things. Emil is going on his sixth year of marriage. He has four children. Um, his first little girl is Faith, and she is beautiful and growing up. She's in kindergarten now, is that correct? Um, and then God decided to give him triplets. So he had Faith, so they named him Joy, Hope, and Grace. So they are sweet. Um, I've been in their home. I've held them. Uh, they're three now. I can't believe that. Um, so needless to say, his wife, Sarah, um, is a very busy lady, and she is looking forward to him flying home. I think he flies, home to, flies back to California, then gets, he's got to get home. And uh, so uh, we're grateful for that. Um, Sola Gracia Ministries has been his life. 
That is what he has known. He has watched his dad um, for all of his life preach and plant churches and train men. And so there is no one better to come in behind the heels of a meal and handle and lead uh, much of this ministry. Um, he lives right there on the compound where, where Nilo and Fele live, and, and most of the children live there. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful place to be um, in the heart of what would be a very difficult place for many of us. But uh, he's a joy, and he's a joy to have around. I think you're going to love him, and, and I, like I do. And so, Emil, will you come up and open God's word for us? Give him a hand, please. Good evening. <laughs> I saw this kind of pulpit when reading a book of what Spurgeon, and the picture is like this. It's like <laughs> but I, I don't think so that Spurgeon got a pulpit that rise. And uh, this is uh, what do you call that? <laughs> um, high tech. Let's pray before I explain the word. Once again, Lord, we thank you for this uh, fellowship. We thank you for your people, Lord, who, whose desire is always to feed from your word. And we thank you also by your grace and your mercy. You are using men as broken vessel because we have this treasure no other than you, Lord. A treasure that we cannot um, compute, we cannot measure the value. All we can do is to learn, to see, to hear, being explained, and to grow in the knowledge. But Lord, truly, as who you are, Lord, that's a desire of our hearts. We long to know you. And we thank you because you are giving us your word so that we should know you and love you. Not because we, we love you first, but because you love us first. So Lord, continue to speak to us tonight through your word. Show us a glimpse of your glory once again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we'll be looking at Luke at chapter 15. Uh, 1 through 7. And as we go, it says here in verses 1 and 2, uh, Now the tax collector and the sinners were coming near to him or to the Lord Jesus to listen. And then both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, This man received sinners and eats with them. And then the Lord Jesus, so he told them this, Parable. So that was the, the setting. And so here also my, my aim is just to, to remind us what, what really uh, Christianity is according to God's word. And then what is the, the basic or the very core of our being a Christian. Because sometimes if we are not so careful... We will define Christianity as like this in verse 2, like the Pharisees. That they will just define that those men are sinners and we are not. We are right with God and they are not. So I am Christian because I am right with God. I am doing these things. I am good. I am zealous for doing good. And I, or sometimes I am religious. And so... That is what is dangerous in thinking that that is the very essence of being a Christian. But no, being a Christian, the Lord Jesus will tell us here that it is about the knowledge of who our God is. And so the Lord will show them what are they missing, both the sinners and also the Pharisees. 
it is not only those who knows that they are sinners that are in danger. It is also those people who think that they are good before God. That is also in a dangerous uh, situation or place. So here the Lord Jesus will be addressing both. And to address both, He will show them. And I pray tonight also to us that in the he so in verse three he said he told them this parable saying what man among you if he has hundred sheep and has lost one of them and then the story goes on. And then when I told Pastor Scott that my my verse will be in Luke fifteen one through seven he immediately told me oh about the lost sheep. And I smiled because that is the common. Uh, reading of this book, it is about the lost ship. But actually, the Lord Jesus, yes, it's true, it's there, but the Lord Jesus is presenting both to the sinners and the Pharisees about the Lord who is the good shepherd. This is the story of the shepherd. The story of that, that can show us the heart of God, the, the, the beating of the heart of God. And as we study this, I pray, so we can also define. So that is why I'm here in this world. That is why the Lord saved me. And then upon saving me, He did not immediately bring me to heaven. But there is reason why we are still here. And that reason, and then this is also why the Lord saved me, because... That very reason is from the heart of the Lord. Or not only from the heart of the Lord, but in revealing to us, this is the character of our Lord. So we will look at, the, the, I will highlight three things and then the, the application of that. So that's, that's four so number one is, we can see here, the responsibility of the shepherd. And then next, the suffering of the shepherd. And then next, the joy of the shepherd. And then, as application, the repentance of sinners. And we can see why in verse 7 there is repentance. It is all because of what the shepherd has been doing. Or it is because of what God has been doing in our lives, individually. Individually. So first, the responsibility. In, so he told them this parable saying in verse 4, What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open pasture and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And it's so amazing here. I, I, I have no experience being a shepherd, but I can tell that um, 100 minus 1, you cannot easily tell that, that there is one missing among 100. Maybe 4 minus 1 for my kids, only 4. So minus 1, I know, oh, where is Riel? <laughs> uh, where is joy? Where is faith? Where is grace? But if I have 100 children and I will not go that, that, in that situation, that's why though we, we do not, uh, like in, in seminary we teach men that men ought to teach and not the lady who will uh, be in authority in the teaching, uh, in, in authority over the church. And then I will tell, and I will tell them, even though I have only daughters. It will stand because the Bible says so. Maybe their husbands will be the, the, the pastor, the teacher. And then they will say, how about pray for a son? And then I will look at Sarah and I, I, told, I told her many, many times that it is also biblical because Sarah bear a son. <laughs> And my wife said, no, don't use that verse to me. It's not me. You're not even Abraham. Okay. <laughs> so so, so we, we do not. 
uh, expect more. And they will ask us, you have, you have faith, you have joy, you have grace, you have hope. How about love? And I told, him, I, I told them, that's the environment. That's the, that's the, we are in, we are in love. <laughs> so, let's go back. 100 minus 1. You cannot uh, tell with, with just a glance that there is one missing. But this shepherd, he is so responsible for his sheep, and each ship, he has this responsibility in it. That is why one missing, he will go for it. He will go for it. And this is also our Lord. That is why he put, he, the Lord Jesus put, his, uh, put here one. Because the Lord is dealing with his people. Yes, there is a collective sense. His church, his bride, that is a collection of the people whom he saved. But every person whom the Lord Jesus saved, every person whom God saved, we can tell our own story and we can tell to the world that this is how good God is in saving me. And every one of us. It's like me. I was only uh, two years old when Pastor Nilo and his wife got me. They skipped the uh, nine months. <laughs> My mother. <laughs> but you see, I, am, I, I always go back there. And then there is what if. That's how we think. Not, not, not that I, I did not enjoy being in a missionary house. But sometimes there, there is this wild thinking. What if? So if my mother raised me as a single mom, and then I will look around, and those family have father and then mother, and then I will ask my mom, why I do not have father? Maybe that bitterness will grow in my heart. And then when I read this text, like in the Bible, that God is a good father, and then I, I, I don't know what, the, what, that, that, or what that statement means. I will not know. But you see, the Lord... He has ways to, to, to show himself. And that, to me, uh, that, that is my story. And so I have a father, and I have a mother, and they are Christians, and they, and they brought me to, to, to a place where, where, where the Word of God is, is being taught, where the Word of God not only being taught, but being lived out. Day by day, not only in the pulpit, but also outside the pulpit. And the Lord is doing that. And I know you have also that story. How the Lord has saved us. How the Lord has, here it says, go after the one. Look at Romans chapter, four, uh, chapter 2, 4 through 5. The Apostle Paul. Why the Apostle Paul so, so loved the, the, the gospel and so loved to preach the gospel? It is because of this very reason. Romans chapter 2, 4 to 5. Do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God the kindness of God leads you to repentance. But because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Like in the preachings in this pulpit, and this preaching I heard some there who told that I, I saw you in the stream, live stream. So you see, even the technology the Lord is now using just to reach out for, for his, his people, for that one whom the Lord is in his heart said, I will save that one. 
And even before the foundation of the world, the Lord already decreed that salvation. And now because He decreed that salvation, it is now His responsibility to accomplish that salvation. What a God! What a God! Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Second Peter chapter 3. In verse 9, the Lord is not slow about His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Not wishing that any would perish, or for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. You see, the Lord can easily blot out men. The Lord can, can easily, like, if you are uh, in a computer and then you have a program that is not doing good, you can easily delete that and replace with another apps or program. That's how we, we, we do things. It's like if we have uh, something in our hand that is not doing what it, should, what it should be supposed to be doing, then we just put it in the trash. And it's easy for God to do that. But why did He not do that? This is so amazing. Why? Because the Lord decreed and put it to Himself, I have lost one ship and I must find it. It's good. It did not say here, if there is a man among you who has a ship that is so hard-headed and then lost his way or its way, that the, lost, uh, the ship was lost, he lost his way. No, it says here, he lost that ship. It was not, he did not even uh, put the blame on the ship. Though he can... But he is so good a shepherd that he say, and has lost one of them. He, he took it at, uh, as, as his, again, the word, responsibility. You, you go back, you trace back in the Garden of Eden, where, where the Lord, the God who created men, or Adam and Eve, told them about this commandment. And he told them, if you eat that uh, tree or the fruit of the knowledge of good of evil or evil, you will surely die. And they did. They took and ate. The Lord can easily say, ah, I told you already. I warned you already. And then you did this. So I'm giving you death now. You will die. Or there's no more story like Cain and Abel, no more story about Noah, no more story about Abraham or the nation of Israel. But he, we are still here, the human race. The human race that if you trace from the word of the Lord, we came from that uh, blood line from Adam and Eve. Why? Because the Lord has His people. Because the Lord will save His people. He put it on Him. I will save. And then you can hear in, in Genesis 3.15, the, the so-called Proto-Evangelion, or the first gospel, after the fall, after the disobedience of Adam and Eve, then He told them the promise. There is one. There is the seed, seed of a woman who will crush the work or who will um, end the work of the evil or of the devil. And he will be victorious. And what is the, 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 the setting of that victory? And if you read through the Bible, yes, it's true. The victory is in Christ, but the victory also is Christ saving 
His people. Christ leading to God people who are obedient to Him. Christ leading to God the people who loves Him and who will always listen to His word and obey them. So, responsibility of the shepherd. Let's go back. What a man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open pasture and go after the one who is lost until he finds it. Now, the word there, there was lost and then he, he will go after and then until he finds it. From that line, he will go after and then until he finds it. Here you can see that it is not an easy task. As I told you before, I, I don't know the experience of a shepherd. But, but I have a, a glimpse as an illustration. It's like, if, if you are going to pasture your sheep or any animal that you are going to pasture, you will find a land that will feed them. And then from that, from that thinking, you will find. So it means it's not easy to, to find a place, a safe place for them to eat. See, you will find. How much more to find someone that is lost. The green pasture, you can, you can see there. But going there, it's not easy. But here, the lost, and then one loss, it's not easy to spot. So it means the shepherd, will, will, in all his strength, all his ability, will be trying everything just to find that ship. And it's like he's, um, he cannot be late just for a second. No. Why? Because in the, in the outfield or in the wild, many will be, or like many like a predator. They will, they will try to, to, to consume that ship. And so here, just to, to show you a picture, when the shepherd saw that there is one missing, immediately he ran and ran with a, with a direction of like being sensitive. His ears is so sensitive to the voice, to the voice of his ship. And he too also calling to that ship. And he ran and ran, not, not minding the hardship. And then from the word there, until he finds it. You can see a shepherd that is not a well-groomed shepherd. No. You can see a shepherd that is wounded. You can see a shepherd that is, you know, it's like all his effort. It's like gasping. Because and then finding that ship. You see, that is also the picture in the Old Testament. In Isaiah 53, look at that picture. Upon giving us this salvation or promised salvation even to Israel. In Isaiah 53, Highlighted verse 5, it says, He was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening of our well-being fell upon Him. And by His scourging we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on Him. He did not mind the wounds. This shepherd. All his concern is to find that shepherd. 
And that is our Lord. Just to save us. To save us. His concern. Until He found us. So much with the, with the words like, this church should be a seeker-friendly church. No. This church must, must show a God who is seeking His people. That is why we have this church. This is not for those who are seeking or the seeker, it says. As if we have the, the ability to do that. No, no one is righteous, no, not even one. No one seek for God. But why are you here? Why are you listening? Why are you saved? Because God seek you. God called you. God draws you to himself. And God draws you not only to himself, but God draws you to himself that is bloody, explained in the gospel. Why? Because he was the one who satisfied the justice of God. The justice of God. Not only that he gave us his love and then closing his eyes to, to what the law demands. No. He saved us. He embraced us. And then we are so secure that no, that no wrath will be coming upon us. Why? Because justice was satisfied in Christ. He suffered. He suffered. That is why you can read in the, in the, in the New Testament, uh, P, even Peter, he says, Oh, the suffering of this time or this, this uh, limited time is not worth comparing to the glory that awaits us. Why? Because this suffering... It, it, it is not actually our suffering. Blessed are you if people persecute you for my name's sake, the Lord Jesus said. And there is a warning from the Lord Jesus. He says, fear not those who can only touch your skin or the physical body, but fear him who can inflict pain even to the soul. And there... The Lord Jesus save us. That, that infliction, that punishment from within the soul, the Lord Jesus received from God the Father. I was in uh, last Sunday in, in Sacramento and I preached on uh, Matthew 26 where the Lord Jesus, uh, he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. There I can, it's always about the picture of, of the Savior of the Lord Jesus Christ. That you can see how, how marvelous our salvation is, that's secondary. Because primary, you can see how God the Father and God the Son planned this so that it will be perfectly expressed or rev can reveal the perfection of our God. And so the suffering. And then let's go. Move forward. Let's go back in Luke 15. So lost until he finds it, and then we, when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. Rejoicing. So here the joy of the shepherd. Now, here I must be careful. Because if I am giving you a message that the rejoicing of the shepherd is ultimately or primarily in the finding of the sheep, then that is not the right message. Because in all the gospel, the rejoicing primarily is because the Lord Jesus wanted to show to his people who he is. And then look at in verse 6, And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my ship which was lost. Do you think that his friend will come to that, to that festivity, to that festival, 
And then they will go to the ship and congratulate the ship. Congratulations, you are lost and now you are found. No, they will look at the ship, yes. And then they will look at the shepherd and say, He did this for one? What a shepherd. And actually, that is the rejoicing of the Lord in saving us. And we are so glad because we, we, we gain from it, to, to, to say. But all the glory is to Him. To Him. To show who He is. And actually, if you read the Bible all throughout, and I heard this from, from the sermon uh, from my father from childhood, it is always the message that rings. What's that? That God is showing Himself to His people who He is. And that is the problem why the people love to sin. Why? Because they do not know God. And also these people who are so prided themselves with their righteousness. Why? Because they do not know God. But if only we, we know Him who He is, we will hate sin. Because we will know Him. He is holy. He is righteous. He is perfect. He is good. He is really our good. There is the verse that says, Oh, hear ye, Israel. Have I not commanded you these things and these things? And then the Lord said, Was it not for your good? That is why I commanded you this. It is not because... The Lord is a hard taskmaster, or the Lord is just love there being bossy. No. When the Lord says something, when the Lord reveals something to us, when the Lord is pointing us to His truth, it is always for our own good. Why we cannot just trust Him? He is our Creator. Scientists can only explain why we have these molecules and so on and so forth. But they cannot tell us where this all began. And there is only one record that says, where did we begin? We begin from the plan of God. Let us make man in our own image. And the Lord is faithful. He made us in, our, in His own image. That is why He is giving us His Word, His Son, His Spirit, just to accomplish that purpose. And also His Word. See, we are guided by His Word. And every time we read His Word, we will feel or we will sense our guilt. We can see that we cannot do this by our own. We can see that we cannot reach this. That is why in Matthew 5 it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. We can only be poor only if we have this deep and big knowledge of who God is revealed in His truth. And we will bow down to him. And we will tell him, we will cry out, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. And that is his joy. Look at Isaiah 49 to highlight that. Isaiah 49, verse 6. He says, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also make you a light to the nations. Listen. So that my, my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. It is not so that they will see my saved ones. And they will celebrate for, for him or to whatsoever the person is. No. 
It says here, so that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. The Lord is so concerned for His name. Um, I was in Sacramento, I told you, and then it was their anniversary. And the pastor read the passage that says, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory. That is the theme of Christians that the Lord has said. Not unto us. Not unto us. But to your name. And so, the response. See, if, if the picture here is the lost ship, then I would be preaching, so be lost! <laughs> because God will find you and keep on being lost. But you see, it is not the lostness here, but it is God finding you. And then when God found you, in verse 7 it says, I tell you that in the same way, Luke 15, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Repentance. What does that word signify? Repentance. Repentance means the the turning around. So you see, even we're the turning around. Why? Because we are walking away from Him, from the Lord. That's the reference. It is not sin. That is, we, we are obliged to sin. No, it's not. It is not the world that we have obligation. Not even our neighbor that we have obligation per se. No. Our life comes, begins with God. And our life must be for Him, for God. But, because of the many, 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 what's that? That disturbs us, or concerns us. That we think that is the, 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 the very concern of our being. Even that, the food, the Lord Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. But we are so, we, we become so materialistic, we become so physical. That's the result of sin. We become the, the very judge of our life. But no, no. One preacher said, the compass is restless until it will point to the North Pole. So the same with us. God is our North Pole. That is why we are so restless. And praise be to God. He did not allow us to be consumed by, by ultimately by His wrath. But He saved us. He finds us. And now we will repent. And we will turn to Him. That's why in every Christian, it is not, we hate sin. It is not because that we are thinking that we will lost our ticket to heaven. That is why oh, I will not do sin because I may not get to heaven. No. That's for the unbeliever. That's their thinking. That's why they, they need to do this and do this and do this for them to have uh, gain entrance to heaven. No, it's not. It's not. Christian, the Lord is drawing us to Himself. To Himself. The Lord is revealing Himself to us. And that is why, as Christian, we will repent. And part of that, we will hate sin. Why? We will hate sin because... 
The Lord God hates sin. And our growth in our love for righteousness is dependent on our growth on our knowledge of who God is. And that is why as we are growing knowing Him, it is, it is also drawing near to Him. And as a result, we are separating from sin. We are separating from sin. That is the very essence of the word holiness. Set apart. But there is a location. Set apart to God. And you are set apart from sin. See? Set apart to God. That is why you are holy. Because God is holy. And you will be far, far, far away from sin. And why is that? Because the Lord found you. See? Because the Lord seek you. Because the Lord made it a decree to save you. That is why John can say in 1 John, we love him because he first loved us. So amazing. And now, Christian, that is why we are here, those who are saved. The Lord, we are now like the, the expression of the Lord. Not only we can read this in truth, not only that we can know who God is, but also the world would be rich by the people whom God saved. So it must be put in our hearts. So since this is, this is the Lord's hearts beating to save His people, and He suffered to save, to find that loss, and it is His joy to save because it will... It, 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 it manifests who He is. It, it glorifies His name. And we as Christians, we have this growing knowledge of Him. Then to the world, that is our expression. That is why we have mission. Because you are thinking, Lord, you are using me as a vessel or as a tool to reach the loss to those whom you decreed to save. Yes. And this suffering Lord of mine. Oh, thank you. Oh, I, I can remember the Apostle Peter when they were beaten and they were afterwards set free, but they were beaten so much. But amazingly, they said, they went out rejoicing. And then they say, Lord, thank you, because for, for your namesake we suffer. We will experience suffering in any ways. Anyways, we will be suffering. Like some of us will catch cancer by eating burger, I don't know. Some of us, that's why Pastor Scott said, passport and shots. Passport and shots. Why? Because we will, we will get like diseases. We will suffer in any ways. We are living in this fallen world. And this world was subjected to futility. But what a joy it is. Because we are not suffering for just because it's, it's the nature or whatsoever. But we are suffering with a goal. And that goal is... The Lord is expressing Himself through us, saving His people. And it's so amazing because the Lord also will share that joy to us. Share that joy of hearing someone who is now repenting of sin. A joy of hearing someone who, who was so in love with sin before and now He is loving the Lord, our Master. And we can sing side by side together or oh, worship the King.
That's joy. Why? Because that is the very heart of our God. And in heaven, we will celebrate that. We will celebrate that. We will say, you are worthy, Lord. You are worthy. For from among tongues, among nations, you save people. That's why you are worthy. And that is our ultimate joy. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, how, how, how limited our time, how limited my language, how limited my words, limited the teaching. But I pray by your grace and your mercy, Lord, penetrates our hearts that through your word, the very message you want us to hear, Lord, a very revelation of your character of who you are, will pierce our hearts and we will bow down before you. And it is our privilege, Lord. It is our joy. It is so sweet for us to serve you and to be used by you in reaching your people. Lord, give us strength. Lord, give us comfort. And we thank you. We have your word, Lord. That we are not, we are not doing this in futility. No. But we are serving you, our God, our Master, who gave himself for us, who saved us, and now revealing yourself to us. And now, sweeter and sweeter and sweeter that we have this growing knowledge of you. Continue to bless your people, Lord, and show them your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Emil. Um, father like son, they love to proclaim their Savior. Uh, what a great trait uh, to pass down. Emil, the verse that just kept coming to mind as I listened to you preach about our Savior who came and got us is John 6.39. This is the will of him who sent me. All that he has given me, I will lose none. What a, what a powerful thought. I, as he was preaching there, I thought, I was the one that was going away. You, were, you and I were out in the woods, lost. The, lo the woods of sin, and he came and found us. What a, what a great message. Thank you, Emil. We're going to heal.